making your New Year's resolutions? I bet not. Well, today we're going to talk about why you need to add that in. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, so let's think about it. New Year's Eve went by. You know, a lot of people don't make New Year's resolutions altogether anymore because they've kind of given up on, uh, you know, making the same resolutions and like losing weight and it not happening a year later. But first of all, I think everybody should make New Year's resolutions because putting it down on paper, putting it on your desktop, looking at it every day really does help to try to make these things come true. I mean, you know, actually I tweeted for New Year's um, that wishes are great, but for in terms of New Year's resolutions, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So think about that. Now, what does terrorism have to do with New Year's resolutions? Well, you know, <laughs> I connect terrorism to everything, right? But there is a real important reason why you need to include making yourself more resilient to terrorism as one of, as, as sort of a primary New Year's resolution. And uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the uh, highlights of terror attacks in 2017. Why am I doing this? Because we tend, uh, even though there is something about terrorism in the news every day, we tend to block it out, unless it's something that happened, a terror attack that happened just that day in the United States, we kind of uh, turn a deaf ear to the news about terrorism because it's scary. And because it's a way that we're protecting ourselves. But the truth is, we are not protecting ourselves from terrorism by not paying attention to these things and recognizing that we have to start doing something because the threat of terrorism is growing stronger every year. And 2017 was a banner year, according to ISIS. And I'm going to tell you first about what ISIS thinks were their favorite terror attacks in their year. Now, the ISIS um, calendar, the Islamic calendar year of 1438, which roughly corresponds to 2017, it went from October 3rd, 2016 to September 21st, 2017. So they created a list of their favorite attacks. And um, they, uh, they wrote about it in their magazine on the internet, the digital magazine, Al-Naha, Nabah, I'm sorry, Al-Nabah. Um, and they wrote, they evaluated all their attacks abroad through this calendar year of theirs, this last calendar year. And so I'm going to tell you what ISIS thought were their favorite attacks uh, in chronological order. Now, of course, this does not include all the attacks. In fact, um, the, the number of attacks, um, you know, is so much greater than this. And I'm going to be telling you in a bit about the, the inter attacks in just in December 
there were 98 attacks in December. So these were covered by, um, included in there, the Islam Islamic calendar year. So it's not amongst these, the ISIS's favorites. But I just wanted to, to also give you an idea of, of just the last month, December, um, of the, you know, of our, our calendar. Um, well, I shouldn't say our calendar. There are people listening to this podcast from all over the world. But in any case, in the, in the American calendar, uh, the Western calendar, there were 98 terror attacks in December. 98. Now, you know you didn't hear about 98 attacks happening in December. But, but I'll, I'll get to that. First, let me tell you, I love this. ISIS's favorites. They make their, their rankings of their favorites. Uh, at the end of their year. So now, and, and amongst these, um, these favorites or the things that they included uh, in their total were only those that were officially endorsed. So, you know, only things that ISIS actually officially endorsed were amongst the attacks that they were even considering uh, to be amongst their favorites. So, uh, officially endorsed operations, there were 38 in their calendar year, conducted by 60 jihadis in 19 countries. And the countries included Australia, Bangladesh, Belgium, Egypt, France, Germany, Indonesia, Iran, Italy, Jordan, Kenya, Palestine, Russia, Spain, Sweden, Tunisia, Turkey, the UK, and the US. Now, of these attacks, 24% involved bombs and grenades, 21% involved stabbings, 19% involved firearms, 18% involved suicide missions, 13% involved vehicle ramming, and 5% involved fire. And of course, you know, that uh, makes one wonder about the fire, whether they're including, um, well, let's see, if it was only through September, no, so that wouldn't have included the California fires. But anyhow, 5% of, of um, 38 operations were fires. Okay, so let's start from the beginning of the year, the beginning of, um, which would mean, uh, starting from their October 3rd, 2016. So the first one of their favorites in that year was January 1st, New Year's Day. Do you remember there was an attack in, um, in Turkey, in Istanbul, where um, an ISIS uh, soldier of the caliphate attacked a New Year's Day celebration in Istanbul with a machine gun and hand grenades. There were 150 deaths and injuries. And um, it was the Reina nightclub. Um, and it was, a, it was a bomb attack, they're calling it. And it was, um, wait a second. Um, they're kind of confusing. They're kind of, they give different figures for the numbers of deaths and, oh, I see, it's okay. 150 deaths and injuries total, okay. Um, 
so that was the first one on, on January 1st. Uh, then the next one on April 9th was um, the uh, church attack in Egypt where there were 190 deaths and injuries. It was suicide bombings of Coptic Orthodox churches. And they, it was conducted by, you know, Egyptians, but who were ISIS uh, martyrs, as they put it. And they, of course, were killed themselves in this suicide bombing. And along with, um, uh, you know, these 190 deaths and injuries. I'm not going to go into the details of how many did and how many injured, but you can, the gist of it, because I want to be able to get to a, a number of these, um, their favorite uh, attacks. So then May 22nd was the Ariana Grande concert attack in Manchester in the UK, um, where a man, a suicide bomber, detonated himself with explosives, and he killed and injured approximately 100. And this was by the 22-year-old UK national Salman Ramadan Abedi. And I've done a... Um, a podcast on that if you want to check that out i delivered a whole podcast to the ariana grande concert and its effects um let's see then we have june 7th that was in tehran uh two uh, isis sympathizers attacked the buildings of the iranian parliament um, and they uh also there were twin shootings um, well, that was, there were twin shootings that struck their legislative buildings. And uh, so that was in Tehran. Then in, um, in August 2017 was the Barcelona attack. Now, you remember that. Um, there were two different, two separate attacks, uh, you know, in, in Barcelona and in Cambrils. But they were the same group of ISIS uh, soldiers. And uh, that was in Barcelona. There was a vehicle ramming with small arms that uh, led to the deaths of 150 people. Although, um, although this report is saying that they exaggerated that death toll. These, the ISIS soldiers were originally from Morocco. And, um, and then they were... You know, they, they went on from Barcelona to Cambrils in terms of their attacks. Then, um, then since that year, the, the Islamic calendar year of 1438 concluded on September 21st, 2017. Uh, ISIS has also identified some other ones as their favorites, including a fatal stabbing in Marseille, France and the Halloween attack in New York, the truck ramming that killed eight near Ground Zero in Manhattan. Now, what's interesting also is that they are claiming for, um, actually before the, the Halloween attack, <laughs> they're claiming the October 1st attack by Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas, that of course you know about. Uh, ISIS is claiming that he was acting on their behalf and uh, that, that they were the inspiration for Stephen Paddock's attack um, that killed 58 people and injured hundreds more and is considered the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. 
Now, you know that the authorities have been saying up until today, I mean, and continuing to say, I don't mean that anything happened today to change it, but um, through the present, they are still saying, the authorities in America are still saying that Stephen Paddock had no connection to ISIS and wasn't inspired by ISIS or any other terrorist group, um, and they haven't found any signs of involvement or, or any signs that he converted to Islam six months before the attack, which is what ISIS is claiming. Now, ISIS gave him a name. They call him Abu Abdul Bar al-Amriki. And um, what I find, you know, I have not ruled out the fact that, uh, and I've done, a, I've done a podcast on this too, so you can check it out. I have not ruled out the fact that Stephen Paddock could, in fact, be, if not uh, connected in terms of a cell or a direct connection to ISIS, certainly inspired by ISIS. And I'm not ruling out that he was connected more than just inspired either. Because, and one of the things that just recently has gotten me to suspect that all the more is because there were reports about um, how they are not going to tell the public the results of the investigation for a year. Now, presumably that was, I don't know if they meant a year from today or a year from the attack, which was October 1st, or what, but they are waiting a year. Now, perhaps they were just referring to the fact that it's going to take a year to do a full investigation, but quite frankly, from some of the reports, it seemed like they were purposely waiting a year because the information that they uncovered through the investigation, they wanted to keep secret longer. Now, what does that say to you? <laughs> To me, that says that indeed they found that there was some connection to ISIS or to any, a, another terrorist organization. I mean, most likely ISIS, since ISIS is claiming uh, responsibility and uh, no other terrorist organization has up to this point. So why would, if, if indeed they found that there was a connection to ISIS, um, it would make sense you know, I, I'm so against, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I rail against the fact that the authorities uh, don't, you know, when there's an attack, they, the first thing they say is there's no evidence that this is connected to ISIS. You know, whatever it is, a ramming attack, wherever it is, um, no, we, we, there's no obvious, no, or no, they don't even say obvious. There's no connection that we have found yet. You know, this is in the first five minutes, right? No connection to terrorism. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of times then it turns out that there was a connection to terrorism. And, and of course, I'm against that because, because I, the more we hear lies, the more we, hear, I mean, it's okay to say uh, we need a full investigation. This does have some, some uh, earmarks of terrorism, but we, we you know, we, we need to investigate this more fully. But to deny categorically right from the get-go that an attack has a connection to terrorism is just wrong. And um, it makes us, it will gradually more and more make us not be able to trust the, um, the authorities for their information. Because one day when they, um, you know, because there's a reason 
why we need to know. And one day when it is uh, connected to terrorism and then there's another attack and another attack, you know, because you know that they do these, um, the one attack and then they follow the attack oftentimes, like in Paris, for example, when they had one attack and then it was quickly followed by other attacks. So, so we need to kind of know <laughs> that this may well have been a terror attack so that we can be more on the lookout in other places, ex possibly expecting um, ter terror attacks to pop up, you know, as part of this one, as being another uh, aspect of this attack where this one was just the first. And it's just a general thing that we need to be able to trust the so-called authorities more and not have them lie to us about, um, about the attacks or about, about anything related to terrorism. So getting back to Stephen Paddock, um, you know, it certainly would make sense that they might well want to hide uh, the fact that they found during their investigation so far, and I'm sure they're continuing to investigate, but uh, that they have found, in fact, links to terrorism because they wouldn't want to, you know, the public I mean, to, to um, develop mass hysteria because of this being the deadliest mass shooting and so on, and then not wanting people to be afraid to go to concerts or any place, I mean, people are already afraid because of Manchester, you know, Ariana Grande and so on, and, and, and Las Vegas, even though that has not been definitely uh, linked to terrorism publicly. Um, so, you know, there are some people already who are afraid to be in any kind of a place where there's a big crowd. Um, but and New Year's Eve, for example, in Times Square. But, um, but certainly, if it were to be announced by the authorities that they did find a link to ISIS or any terrorist group, that could have a very chilling effect on people in America going to places where there are large crowds, which would have a very chilling economic effect as well. And so you gotta wonder <laughs> um, why they're not telling us what they found uh, for a year. Oh, that, I'm just saying. All right, well, <laughs> let's, um, let me talk about some of the highlights of attacks that were, uh, that happened in December. Now these are, this isn't, now I'm going to a different list. This is not ISIS favorites. I mean, I talked about ISIS's favorites beyond their year um, already. And, but within 2017. So now I'm going to talk about December. And uh, the total incidents were 98. Now, you know you haven't heard about 90 incidents of terror attacks in December, right? So I'm going to adjust. Now, most of them, of course, are in Pakistan, Somalia, Iraq, uh, Nigeria, Afghanistan, you know, the countries. And we have sort of tuned out Many people have tuned out to that because, oh, you know, that's what happens in those countries, which, of course, you know, isn't really right because lives are being lost every day. Um, but let me just, I'm just going to focus on the ones that are in Western uh, places. So on December 7th, in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, there was an attack by a Palestinian nationalist uh, a man carrying a Palestinian flag attacked a Jewish restaurant in Amsterdam with a club while shouting Allahu Akbar. There were no injuries, but the restaurant's windows were destroyed. Now get this, 
two police officers looked on without intervening. And it gets worse. The attacker, a 29-year-old Syrian, was released by Dutch authorities on December 20th. So it happened on the 7th. They released him on the 20th, despite the fact that the man, there was evidence that he had acted as a trained combatant in Syria's civil war, and despite his claims that he would again resort to violence, if sufficiently angered, and despite his having made a statement to the Dutch court that his attack on the restaurant was, quote, only the first step. Now, that is beyond my comprehension. Why they released him um, is very scary. I mean, it's scary enough that there was this attack, but it's even scarier that he was released after, <laughs> after just uh, a couple of weeks. Um, okay, then let's see. Then um, on the 8th of December, there were rocket attacks in Israel. Three rockets were fired from Gaza to Israel uh, during the Palestine clashes for the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital. I mean, that is being used uh, by Palestinians and by other terrorists uh, as, as a reason, as an excuse. Well, I'm sure they're very angry about it. It's not really just an excuse to them, but it has triggered some attacks, and I'm sure that's going to continue to be a trigger. Uh, one of the one of the rockets landed in Sidorot in in Israel and injured two people. The others, uh, two others, exploded in the sky, um, and that was that. Then um, on December 9th, there was an arson attack. Oh, here we have one of the fires, explanations for the fires. An arson attack in Gothenburg, Sweden. You know, Sweden is getting uh, increasingly attacked. You know, Sweden, a normally thought of as a very peaceful, beautiful country, is now getting more and more attacks. Um, there on December 9th, with this arson attack, uh, several people launched burning objects against a synagogue. There is also, as you can tell, an increase in anti-Semitism in the world, which is very scary. Um, on the 10th, December 10th, there was a stabbing in Jerusalem. A security guard was seriously injured after being stabbed in the chest at the entrance to Jerusalem's um, central bus station. Then December 11th, another arson attack in Malmo, Sweden. Swedish police found two firebombs at a Jewish chapel. Again, you know, uh, an increase in anti-Semitism. Now, um, then the one we do know about, December 11th, the attempted suicide attack where the pipe bomb partially detonated in the passage between the Port Authority bus terminal and um, Times Square. This was a 27-year-old Bangladeshi national who lived in Brooklyn, and he set off a homemade pipe bomb. And I've done a, uh, his name was Akayad Ula, and I did a podcast on him, so you can check back for that. And um, I talked all about his uh, life and put him on my couch. Uh, then, um, December 14th, the suicide bombing in Mogadishu, Somalia. 18 police officers were killed and 20 others were injured because of a suicide bomber. He disguised himself as a policeman 
and he blew himself up inside a police training camp, and that was Al Shabaab. There are a lot. I'm not. I'm just giving this as an example, um, but there were others in December by Al Shabaab in Somalia and Nigeria. Um, well, Nigeria is Boko Haram, but so Al Shabaab in Somalia. Then uh, December 17th, an attempted suicide bombing in the West Bank. A Palestinian armed with explosives was arrested outside of the West Bank military court. And that is Hamas responsible for that. December 22nd, uh, Athens, Greece, a bombing. A bomb exploded outside one of Greece's main courthouses in Athens. And uh, fortunately, nobody was hurt because the police had cleared the area. Uh, another one, December 22nd in Harrisburg in the United States. Shootings. Don't know if you heard about that one. Um, that was kind of kept quiet. <laughs> A string of shootings began just steps from the state's Capitol building when El Mafti, um, his name is Ahmad Amin El Mafti, uh, fired several times at a Capitol Police officer and then shot and injured a state trooper. Later, he used two handguns to open fire at several officers who then returned fire and killed him. Did you hear about that? That was kept pretty quiet. <laughs> um, okay, the December 24th, the bombing, a bombing in Turkey. Now, there were a lot of them in Turkey. This is you know, just one of them that I mentioned, but there were, Turkey was another one of the places where there were a lot. Um, December 27th, a bombing in St. Petersburg, Russia. The Perekrestok supermarket bombing. Perekrestok <laughs> supermarket bombing. There were 18 people at least who were injured in a homemade bomb, uh, which exploded in a storage locker at a St. Petersburg supermarket. And the Islamic State claimed uh, responsibility for it. And again, I am just picking out um, ones. I mean, I mentioned Western bomb attacks, but obviously Russia, giving, just giving another example. Um, Berlin, Germany, on New Year's Eve day, uh, a stabbing. A 23-year-old Ahmad Al-H attacked a man with a knife in a subway station in Berlin. Before attacking the man, he asked the man what his origin was, and he yelled infidel at him. And uh, that was the Islamic State. Now, of course, I have been warning you um, about New Year's Eve and about uh, how... ISIS had called for lone wolves to attack New York and other major cities for the holidays. Um, and how I talked about the, the poster that they had of Santa Claus in Times Square, and it was nighttime, uh, and the, the saying was, we meet, uh, you know, soon. And so it really was to, meant to be a combination of Christmas and New Year's Eve because of, um, you know, because of it being nighttime and, and with the lights, and it looked just like the platform and all the lights in Times Square for New Year's Eve. So it was kind of a double entendre, double message for lone wolves to come and attack. And we will probably not know how many attacks 
the fabulous security. There was better security in Times Square than ever uh, this year because of the mounting number of attacks all over the world. And um, also, I think the cold weather helped. I don't think the terrorists wanted to come out in this freezing cold weather that kind of discouraged them. I figured they'll wait for another day. Um, but I think, of course, it was most of all the inc incredibly increased security. But, you know, do you really think we'll ever know how many attacks were foiled? I am sure that between Christmas and New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Day, there were other attacks planned for New York City that were foiled. Um, I did a podcast a few, a couple of months ago, I think it was, on, um, because it was, what was news was they were finally just revealing to the public that there had been a terror attack planned by these three people. I, I call the podcast Three Little Terrorists. Uh, and it was three terrorists who had planned to attack places in New York, and they had, unfortunately for them, had been talking to pe people from the FBI, you know, when they were communicating over the internet. Uh, the FBI caught them by posing as, as terrorists, and um, they stopped this attack, and the attack was for the summer before, and they were just talking about it. I just announced it to the public a, a couple of months ago. So, you know, that shows, this goes with exactly what I was talking about in regard to Stephen Paddock and in regard to Christmas and New Year's, that there may well, we may well find out um, at some point that there were these attacks that were foiled. So, getting back to my original premise for this podcast, you need to include uh, becoming more resilient as part of your plan part of your New Year's resolutions for 2018. And um, those include things like getting yourself healthier psychologically and physically. I will talk more about exactly how. I talk about in my, in my book, my, my book that just came out on the anniversary of this year's 9-11. Uh, I talk, I, my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. I provide 88 ideas for things that families, teachers, and parents can do with kids to make them all more resilient, um, things, places to go to, things, to activities to do, and so on, to build psychological and physical resilience. And then in the, that's in the, half, the first half of the book that's for grown-ups, and then the second half of the book that's for kids, I talk, I give them 10 uh, things that they can do to keep themselves safe from terrorists, 10 things that kids specifically on their own can do. Um, of course, you know, it'd be great if they <laughs> got uh, help from their parents, but I mean, things that they can do on their own, like for example, spreading kindness by helping other kids with homework or giving people in the street, uh, veterans who have signs will, will work for food, that kind of thing, um, you know, contributing to charities. Uh, that's one of the examples of the 10 things that I, I um, tell kids to do, that they can do on their own. So, um, so I want to thank you for listening. Um, you can find out more about me and the things that I'm doing. I've, <laughs> I've been doing a lot this, you know, ever since the book came out September 11th this year, uh, well, last year now, right, 2017, 
Um, I have been doing a lot of things related to, you know, bringing out my book and, and terrorism and so on. And I have to catch, one of, my, one of my New Year's resolutions is to catch my website up with all of the things that I've been doing. But you can go to it. It does have my podcasts and my uh, blogs and so on on the websites connected to that. Um, and articles and everything. Uh, and I promise as <laughs> I will fulfill my resolution to update it as soon as possible. So my website is terrorist therapist.com www.terroristtherapist.com and the publisher's website for the book which you can get wherever wherever books are sold brick and mortar stores Barnes and Noble independent bookstores all of that as well as Amazon um, there for the publisher's uh, website is um, www.terrorismforkids.com terrorism the number four kids.com so thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show, and I'm your terrorist therapist, Dr. Carol.